seriously popular. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. In January 2023, Constance Martin and her boyfriend, Mark Gordon, disappeared and went on the run with their newborn baby, Victoria. A nationwide search resulted in the sad discovery of Victoria's body, and the pair have now been charged with killing her, which they both deny. I'm Jack Hardy, a news reporter for the Daily Mail. I'll be in court every day, reporting the events as they happen. And I'm broadcaster and journalist Caroline Cheaton. Together, we'll take you behind the headlines, bringing you the evidence, witness statements and testimony from the Old Bailey in London. This is The Trial. Constance Martin and Mark Gordon. So, Caroline, over the past couple of days, the jury have been led through the journey that Constance Martin and Mark Gordon took over hundreds of miles across the country while they were on the run with their newborn baby, Victoria. Now, as we've discussed in previous episodes, it's the prosecution's case that this elaborate journey was an effort to keep the baby out of the hands of social services. And, of course, we now know that their previous four children had already been taken into care. Yeah, you might remember in the last episode we'd heard how the couple travelled from the northwest of England down to Essex, leaving behind their burnt-out car on the side of a motorway. Now, in that car was found a placenta and a passport on the back seat, and we know that this was what sparked the police hunt for them in the first place because they were extremely worried about the well-being of Victoria. So, as we know... The police launched this manhunt and issued pictures of the couple as part of an urgent public appeal for information. Now, this led to them being recognised by Dale Gosling, who was walking his dog in Harwich. Yes, so in uh, Tuesday's episode, we brought you his evidence and he described how he tried to help the couple, offering them a cup of tea or a lift to the hospital, but they refused. He also said the baby appeared to be in a state of distress when he saw them. So today, we're going to bring the evidence of two women who saw the couple camping with the baby. Now, one of the women told the court she feared the baby was already dead when she saw her being carried in a sling by Constance Martin. Another said she couldn't believe they were living in a tent as it was bloody freezing. Welcome to episode four, Into the Woods. Jack, we should start with a few things at the top of this episode. One is the courts not sitting today or tomorrow. So the evidence we're bringing you today is from the last couple of days. The other thing we should mention here at the top is that Constance Martin has now appeared in court 
for the first time. Yes, she has, Caroline. So she appeared in court in person on Wednesday. Now, this is the first time the jury have actually seen her in the glass-fronted dock of the Old Bailey, alongside Mark Gordon, who has been there since the start. She was wearing a white blouse with red flowers and dark trousers, and she was holding a bundle of documents in her arms. Now, a dock officer sat between her and Mark Gordon during the hearing, but the couple were seen repeatedly chatting over him at various points as they were listening to the evidence. She also occasionally passed handwritten notes to her barrister, Tom Godfrey, throughout the day. Now, what the jury have continued to hear is more about the next stages of the couple's journey, which first took them to Colchester, then on to East London, and finally down to Sussex. And it's here where it is alleged they took the newborn baby out into the South Downs. It was in the middle of a bitterly cold winter, and the prosecution say they camped there for more than a month. So the way the prosecution have approached this is by showing the jurors compilations of CCTV footage, and that's been interspersed, if you like, with witness evidence, either in the form of witness statements read to them by the prosecution or from witnesses appearing to give evidence in court. Now, we've already heard from the taxi driver who said he took them from Liverpool to Harwich, and this week we heard from more taxi drivers, one who said she took them from Harwich to Colchester, a ride that cost them £30. Now, we learnt that it's when the couple first arrive in East Ham that CCTV starts to pick up footage of baby Victoria with her parents. You may have seen some of those images in the last couple of days in some of the coverage about the case. What the footage shows is Victoria's fingers, which appear to curl around and move. Later, she can be spotted again when the couple are on the high street. Constance Martin appears to unzip her jacket and it can be seen that she is cradling the baby beneath her coat. Now, the next thing we see is Constance Martin in a takeaway shop, a sort of Donna kebab shop, and she can be seen lying baby Victoria on the table. And around the same time, the court was told Mark Gordon went shopping. Now, he bought a two-person tent and he bought camping bedding and that included a children's unicorn sleeping bag from Argos. Also from Argos, he bought a buggy. And when he came back to the shop, Constance Martin can be seen lifting up Victoria, who was wriggling, and she places her in the buggy wrapped up in a red scarf. Now, it was at that point, Caroline, Mark Gordon, who was sitting in the dock, covered his face with his hand. His defence barrister, John Femiola Casey, went back and spoke to him briefly through a gap in the glass. He then asked the judge for a short break, as his client was finding it quite stressful. So when we came back from the break, we heard that the next we see of the couple, they're in East London in Whitechapel, to be exact, on January the 7th last year. And the prosecution say this was the point at which baby Victoria was first placed in the little bag for life. And they say she spent most of her life from then on inside that bag. The jury was shown footage taken just before midnight when Constance Martin and Mark Gordon could be seen walking around a corner on a council estate with the buggy that jurors had seen earlier that she was being placed in. At that point, Constance Martin is pushing the buggy and Mark Gordon is carrying this bag for life. But when they emerged several minutes later, the footage showed, they no longer had a buggy and Constance Martin was now the one carrying the bag for life. The prosecutor, Tom Little Casey, suggested in his opening statement that this was the most likely moment when the baby was first placed inside that bag. So the jury also heard from another driver who took the couple from East London to Tesco Extra in Enfield. In his witness statement that was read to the court, he said that he became so suspicious of the couple as they were in the back seat of his car that he actually stopped the journey early and he charged them a fare and he asked them to get out. 
Now, the reason for this, he said, was because as soon as Mark Gordon realised that he'd seen the baby in the back, he asked him if there were cameras in his taxi. And then he questioned if he was trustworthy. Then he said he asked if he was sharing the conversation with anybody else. Now, the driver said he was becoming increasingly concerned about the couple, why they had their hoods up, for example, and he asked them this. Now, Constance Martin told him it was her hijab and that she was Muslim, but he just said something just wasn't right. And actually, at this point, Jack, we found out this driver actually drove straight to see a police officer. Yeah, he did, Caroline. He, he described feeling so worried for the baby that he drove a bit up the road and pulled over when he saw some police officers outside nearby Clissold Park, which is about a mile away, and he told them what had happened. But he said they appeared to be too preoccupied with another incident they were dealing with to help him. Meanwhile, the couple took yet another taxi, this time all the way from New Haven to Sussex. Now, that journey cost them about £475 and was a three-hour trip. Now, the driver who took them initially said he didn't realise they had a baby in the back until he heard what he described as meowing. When he dropped them off, he said it was cold and dark and he was concerned what they were going to do next. Now, it was soon after this, the jury were told, that the CCTV trail went cold for a while. But they were shown several clips of the couple walking towards the South Downs, up residential roads, armed with camping equipment and little else. They're believed to have entered the woodlands in the early hours of January the 8th, with Victoria being carried in that bag for life. The prosecution case is that they were there for over a month. So next we heard from two sisters who both said they saw the couple separately. Now, by this point, it was mid-February. Constance Martin and Mark Gordon, remember, had been the focus of a police search for more than a month by now. They'd zigzagged their way from the northwest to Essex to London and now down to Sussex. But it was still bitterly cold in mid-February, as it had been when the couple were first spotted taking their camping equipment and their newborn baby onto the South Downs back in January. So, yeah, Mary Thompson appeared before the jury to give an account of a sighting she said took place on a Friday morning in February last year. She couldn't be specific on the date, but her best guess was February the 17th. It took place as her and her husband drove to Asda in the Hollingbury area of Brighton. She was questioned by prosecutor Tom Little, KC. Their exchange is voiced by actors. You turn left onto Caldine Lane, and do you notice anything? Yes, that there was a metal gate there and it looked ajar as if it was open. You told us that the gate looked like it was ajar. Is it normally ajar? I've never noticed it before, no. Now, beyond the gate, she said, there was a large electricity pylon and various electricity boxes. In front of the boxes, there was a blue tent, and it was on actual hard ground. Are you able to help us with its size? It was only small, very small. Are you able to help us with its colour? Yes, that's what attracted me. It was bright blue. It was out of place. You say that it was out of place. Did you react to seeing that tent? Yes. What was the reaction? I said to my husband, they must be bloody freezing or mad. Why did you say that? Because no one would want to be out camping. It was so cold. Have you ever seen a tent like that pitched at that time of year in that area? No. How long have you been living in the area for? All my life. 66 years. <laughs> I wasn't going to ask you that, but thank you very much. So Mrs Thompson said this image of the tent pitched in such an odd area continued to bother her as they drove towards the shop. On the way up there, it was on my mind. I was thinking about it, and I thought about homeless. But I thought, why would they camp out there? 
They would be in town for that time of year. It was out of place. Now, she went on to say that she saw the tent for about 10 to 15 seconds, but she didn't see it again because she took a different route home. Now, the reason she said she'd given her account to the police was because officers had come to visit her after speaking to her sister. And we're going to hear what her sister's evidence was after the break. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. So before the break, we heard from Mary Thompson and jurors also heard yesterday from Pauline Mason, who's her sister, about an incident she said happened in nearby Stanmer Park on February the 19th, which would make it two days later. It was a Sunday and it was around 3pm or 3.30pm, she said, and she had made the trip with her husband. Now, Mrs Mason can walk, but she said she cannot walk long distances, so was using a mobility scooter while her husband walked alongside her. Here is her exchange with Tom Little, KC. It is voiced by actors. What was the weather like? Cold. Sunny, blue skies, but cold. Now, Mrs Mason told the court that she spent around two hours in the park with her husband. Did you notice anything? I noticed a tent. The tent was royal blue. How big was that tent? Five foot three. It wasn't very big. Was that something you would expect to see in February in Stanmer Park? No. Can you help us about where it was positioned? It was near a fence, and there were woods around it. Had you seen a tent before in Stanmer Park? Yes. What about in winter? No. I just thought it might be a hiker. When you saw the tent, did you think or say anything? My husband walked ahead of me, and I shouted to him, Mike, come over. What is that tent doing there? And he said, Dunno. Someone is sleeping out on a cold night. I was a bit taken aback, but I continued on my scooter. Now, she said she continued up the path through the park, and before long, she noticed someone walking in her direction. I could see this person, and I thought, oh, it's a mum and a baby. I continued on my scooter with my camera around my neck. I like photography, and I'm aware of my surroundings. She described the woman she saw as white, wearing a mac, and with her hair tied back. In relation to the baby, please... What did you notice, if anything? The mother was focused on the baby. Her eyes were totally focused on that baby, and my eyes went from her to the baby. The baby was in a sling, which the legs came out of. 
She was holding her hand around the baby's head to steady it. What was the age of the baby? I said to the police around six weeks. Then I said five weeks. It cannot be much older than seven. What about its clothing? I was very surprised. The baby was being cradled, cupped in her hand. The head had nothing on. It had no hat on. It was wearing a little white, what I thought was a cardigan, because of the cardigan. I don't know if it had a pattern, but it had a little opening. It had leggings. I thought it was a girl. Could you see the feet of the baby? Yes. Was there anything on its feet? I saw the leg of the baby because it was dangling and it didn't have any sock, boot, shoe, nothing. I didn't see any blanket. I didn't see anything. Could you see the colour of its skin? Very pale. Very, very pale. It was white. Was it the kind of colour you expected a baby to have? No. It didn't have any colour. Can you help us in relation to the size of the baby? It was small. Thin and the face seemed a little on the long side. Can you say anything about the movement of the head of the baby? It was wobbling. She was holding it. It was unsteady as she moved. It was flopping. Now, she claimed she didn't hear any sound from the baby as she and the woman walked past, and the encounter lasted, she thought, around six to eight seconds. She then went on to describe how the woman looked. She looked white. She was tired. I felt sorry for her. There was no eye contact with her. Now, it was at this moment, she said, she saw a man walking a few paces behind the woman. The next person I saw was what I thought was Mark Gordon from seeing him in the papers. His face. So the person she identified as Mark Gordon had a black jacket with a hood, she said. He was a black man with black curly hair. He had covered his face to around his nose with a mask. He looked at me and acknowledged that I had looked at the baby and gave me a smile. I still see that smile in every picture. So she estimated that she had seen the couple for about two minutes from start to finish, but was troubled by the lack of clothing she had seen on the baby. I couldn't stop thinking about it. At that point in time, as you had seen the baby for six to eight seconds, you then continued on your fresh air turn around Stanmer Park. Did you think that the baby was alive? I kept thinking and thinking about that baby. I thought, no, that the colour, it did not go. She also spoke about her experience that mixed-race babies tended to be rosy-cheeked. There was no colour and that baby was white. I do think that baby had died. It was dead. You refer to the colour of the skin and the head being floppy, but was there anything else? It was inappropriately dressed. There was no blanket, no hat, no socks, thin cardigan and leggings. Did you see them again? I looked back because I couldn't believe what I had seen. Now, after Mrs Mason had finished giving her evidence, she was actually asked a question by the judge. Now, this was based on a note she'd been passed by the jury about whether she recognised Constance Martin when she walked past, given that she said she'd immediately recognised Mark Gordon. I did, but she looked different from the papers. But she didn't look well. She didn't look clean. She looked tired. Now, it was at this point that John Femiola Casey, who represents Mark Gordon, got to his feet and began to cross-examine Mrs Mason about the evidence she had given to the court. Their exchange is voiced by actors. Last year, you gave a statement to a police officer at your house. You sat in a room and gave your account to that officer while your husband was in another room giving his account to a different officer. That's right. Since the trial started, have you followed the trial? Occasionally, yes. 
You know what has been said so far? Yes. You told us, did you not, that the man you saw looked at you and smiled at you and acknowledged that he was a black man, he had black hair and a black face? Yes. Now he asked Mrs Mason if she could turn to a particular passage in the signed statement that she'd given to the police last year and he then quoted to the jury a section of this written statement. I'm unable to say the ethnicity of the male. He had some kind of masked hood up around him and he was wearing dark clothing. Yes. When you made this statement last year in your living room, you couldn't say if it was a black man or a white man. Because I couldn't see very much of his face. I did see the upper part of his face. I can honestly say he was a black man. Might you have been mistaken about the person you say was Mark Gordon? Yes, I might have been, yes. Now, Mr Femiola's concerns centred on Mrs Mason's claim that she thought the baby was dead, and particularly the timing of this claim. Did you ask to make a further statement, and today make a further statement, and today said the baby was already dead? Yes. I was quite shocked when I saw it. I didn't want to bring it up at the time because I didn't want to believe it. Now, Mrs Mason was further cross-examined by Constance Martin's barrister, Tom Godfrey, and she did accept in that cross-examination that the park was the most popular park in Brighton and because it was a sunny day that day, full of people and families of all ages. He said she'd barely so much as glanced at the woman she claimed to be Constance Martin during their fleeting encounter because her eye was drawn immediately to the baby, which she accepted but she maintained that she had looked at Constance Martin first. Now, that is almost it for today's episode, apart from something surprising that we heard about what else the police found near their burning car in Bolton back in December 2022. Yeah, so before the jury were dismissed for the week, the prosecuting barrister Joel Smith took them through all the CCTV clips and the witness statements, and he also asked a police officer to confirm a list of items that were recovered from a field next to the motorway in Bolton where their car had been found on fire several days earlier. Now, police found dozens of items, including Constance Martin's passport, a bag containing more than 30 mobile phones, paperwork, including a bailiff letter for debts exceeding £25,000, and also abandoned near the burning car was a cat carrier with a cat actually inside it. Fortunately, we know the cat was rescued. Now, just to remind you that Constance Martin and Mark Gordon deny manslaughter by gross negligence. They also deny perverting the course of justice, concealing the birth of a child, child cruelty and causing or allowing the death of a child. Now, Jack and I will be back next week with more updates from this trial. And of course, just to remind you, Liz and I are here tomorrow for the sentencing and naming of the two defendants convicted of the murder of Brianna Jai. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, 
Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM. Our hit series, Everything I Know About Me, is back for a brand new season. And this time, our guest needs no introduction. I'm coming to find me, Darren! But here's one anyway. Hi, I'm Gemma Collins, and this is everything I know about me. If you think you know all about Gemma Collins, think again, because this is the GC as you've never heard her before. It's been exhausting. Unashamed. And I was really heartbroken because I was pregnant and he was having an affair. Unfiltered. I have had an operation as well years ago. I have a designer vagina. Yeah, baby. I don't have camel toe. Unbelievable. And then they advised me, you need to have a termination. And, uh, yeah, I remember that being really stressful. Everything I Know About Me with Gemma Collins is out this Thursday wherever you get your podcasts.